Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studios at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Maya, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today, and I hope you've spent time in your Bible already and spent time in prayer, and I hope throughout the day you'll look for opportunity to tell others about the Lord. You know what we need in this generation? Did you guess it? What is it? i tell you what we need. We need more Christians to share the gospel. I tell you, if there's one thing that we're not going to overdo, it's witnessing to people. And there's some things we can probably go overboard on, and there's some things maybe we can, they can be a hobby horse and be detrimental. But I tell you this, you cannot overdo it when it comes to soul winning, getting the gospel out to a lost and to a dying world. Every moment of the day, there's somebody who drifts off into eternity. And every day, you and I pass those people who are but one moment from eternity. I wonder, when's the last time you and I were soul conscious? I mean, as we passed somebody in the aisle at the store, we didn't see the person, but we saw their soul. We didn't think about the cashier who was maybe too slow uh, getting us our change, but we thought about their soul. Uh, we didn't think about the person beside of us or in front of us in traffic and how they're driving, but we thought about their soul. And I tell you, every single day, you and I ought to do something to further the gospel, something to make sure people hear it, that Jesus saves. More gospel, more salvations. More salvations, more righteousness in our nation. And I tell you, it's gonna, it's just going to help nudge this thing the right direction. There's no two ways about it. We've got to get busy being soul winners. We've been studying in 1 Corinthians, and we are in chapter 5 of this book, 1 Corinthians. Now, if you have missed any of our prior Bible studies, you can find all of them on the podcast, and you'll find Striving for Revival wherever you find your podcast. Just go to Apple or Spotify and uh, type it in and hit subscribe, and you'll have instant access to all of the content that we've produced thus far, and that should keep you busy for a good while. I know many of you listen faithfully to the radio, and I, I want you to do that, and I'm glad that you do that. But I also understand sometimes life gets busy, and you might not catch us as we're on the air, or maybe you uh, just, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe you get to the place where you want to hear it again. Boy, that's a that's a novel thought. But maybe you say, I'd like to hear that Bible study again. Well, you can listen to it again via the avenue of the podcast. If you've been listening, you know Paul is writing to a carnal church, a, a church filled with people that were just like churches today, sinners saved by grace. People get saved, but they don't leave their baggage or lose all their problems because they got saved. It comes with them into the church. And there's some problems in this church at Corinth. Corinth is located outside the city of Athens, and it's a city uh, that would be culturally uh, progressive. It would be a, uh, an academic kind of a setting, and because of that, these people put a little too much stock in worldly wisdom, and Paul has to deal with that and address it. One of the signs of spiritual immaturity prevalent in this church, and it's always a sign of spiritual immaturity, is division. There was division in the church at Corinth 
and it was division over the personalities that they followed. Some were loyal to Paul, some to Apollo, some to Peter. Can I say our loyalty ought not lie with a man? It ought to be uh, given to God and God alone. Thank God for spiritual leaders in our life, if you will, for shepherds, for pastors, for preachers. But any preacher who's worth his calling knows he's not the main thing. He's just a newsboy telling everybody to hear about the Lord. And God deserves the glory honor and praise it goes to him alone those uh beings in the book of revelation are flying around the throne they're not singing about man they're singing about god saying he's holy 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 lord god almighty and he deserves all the praise honor and all the glory now in chapter five paul is dealing with immorality there is sin in the sanctuary sin in the church and the sin is a son is obviously having a relationship with what I guess would be his stepmother. It's perverse, it's wicked, it's disgusting and disturbing. But the problem is they're not dealing with it. Paul is addressing the sin, but the sin is not just in the committing of that sin, but also of not expelling the sin from the church. In the last verses we read, verse 5 and 6, Paul uses an analogy of a lump of bread. And he said, if just a little leaven gets in the whole lump, the whole lump becomes leaven. A little bit of sin permeates and pollutes and poisons the entire body. And he's saying, if there's sin in the church, you got to get it out. You got to expel it. You need to remove it. We're talking about unrepentant, rampant, open, brazen sin, breaking the law of God without being burdened about it or having any intentions of getting it right, parading sin and not getting it right. He said, if you don't get it out of the church, it'll just not ruin those involved in it. It'll ruin the entire church. It'll ruin the testimony of your church. It'll rob you of the power of God. Also, it will, it'll make folks in your church comfortable with that sin, and you'll find more instances of it popping up. That's why it's so important that our pulpits keep drawing a tight line when it comes to sin. What used to be sin is still sin. What used to be wrong is still wrong. What used to be perverted is still perverted. I don't care if they give them a whole month. I don't care if they parade. I don't care if they uh, boast of their pride in it. I don't care if it's culturally acceptable. I don't care if it makes for a good movie. I don't care if it's on every television show. I don't care if your favorite celebrity is actively participating in it. It is wrong. It is sin. I don't care if it's your child. I don't care if it's a family member. I don't care if it's a neighbor or a coworker. It doesn't make it right and it has no place in the house of God. It might be acceptable at the mall, but not the church. It might be all right at the theater, but it's not at the church. It might be fine in the state house, but it's not in the church. It might be paraded down the streets of town, but it ought not walk down the aisle of the church. It ought not give be given any place in the house of God. And Paul is saying, you've got to get it right. You've got to expel it. You've got to say no. You've got to make sure that is dealt with. The sin is not just the sin, but the sin is now not dealing with the sin. And Paul's command is purge it out. And he gives them the example, unleavened bread at Passover. He said, well, Christ is our Passover. 
He said, so why do we want to get the sin into the camp? Because we don't want sin polluting the body of Christ. He is holy, undefiled. He is without spot or blemish. He is our sacrificial, sinless, sacrificial lamb. And how dare we allow sin to knowingly fester in the body, if you will, in the body of Christ. Now, you come to verse number 8, and here's what he said. Therefore, let us keep the feast. And I believe he's also not just talking about the Passover, but the Lord's table here. Let us keep the feast. So he said, whenever we meet together for the Lord's table, you have to confess your sin, make sure you're right, get it out. Don't come to church, a service at church, with open, rampant sin, and just let it sit there in the pew and not deal with it. He said, therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, not with sin, neither with the leaven of malice. Now, here's another sin he's exposing in this church, the sin of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and of truth. So we find in the church at Corinth, not only was there immorality, but obviously there is malice. Maybe he's referring back to the disunity, to the cliques, to the folks who couldn't get along with one another. Maybe it wasn't just preference that they were dividing over, but now they actually had malice in their heart one toward another where they wished physical harm on one another. What a shame if that was the case to be said of a church. Not only malice, but also we said with wickedness. That's that unrepentant immorality. So he enjoins them, he challenges them, he charges them to go forward with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Sincerity means purity. He's saying be pure, be spotless, be genuine, be holy, for he is holy. Indeed, he said God has called us to purity. So impurity might come into the church, but it is not to stay. It's to be purged, it's to be pushed out, it's to be cleansed, if you will, gotten rid of. So Paul is making this analogy, and I believe he's dealing with the deal of the Lord's table, just in general going to church, and he's saying, hey, listen, you've got to make sure that we keep this thing pure and right. Now, verse number 9, I wrote unto you in an epistle to not company with fornicators. So it's very obvious. Paul has been dealing with this sin in this church for some time. This is a church that had things wrong. The problem is not the fact that things were wrong. Things are wrong in every church. Why? Because every church is made up of sinners. If you're looking for the perfect church, you'll never find it. And if you ever find it, please don't join it because you're going to mess it up because you're not perfect and neither am I. But the sin is not being dealt with. That's the issue. The sin, I'll say it again, is not just the sin, but the fact they're not dealing with the sin. And you and I need to take heed to this. You and I who have any kind of authority in a local church, we don't cover sin up. We don't push sin aside. We don't gloss it over. Sin must be dealt with or else we'll lose that presence of God. I don't want Ichabod written over the name of our church, and I know you don't either. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.